All right, welcome everybody to the State of the YouTube Podcast, the only podcast on the internet. Um, today we are not joined with Monkey Jones. Monkey Jones is not on, but we do have Emperor Lemon and a very special guest, Quentin Reviews. We're going to be talking about some comments that Quentin had made to Monkey Jones, maybe some comments that Monkey had made to Quentin. And uh, I'm going to just be kind of sitting aside as a moderator uh, in this episode. So I don't really want to, you know, be talking over anyone. But I think that it's going to be a pretty fair, fair and balanced debate, if it's a debate at all. I don't know. I'm not really sure what to say. Um, Emperor Lemon, maybe you can explain a little more. Okay, everyone. So um, for those of you not familiar with the whole situation, uh, we're currently recording this on the night of December 15th, 2018. And yesterday on the 14th, um, a series of events occurred on Twitter where um, Quentin released a tweet where he was basically um, making fun of the fact that Mumkey Jones had his channels taken down and uh, he quickly deleted it, but upon seeing it, I took um, heavy umbrage to it, and I made a very confrontational response, basically calling out Quentin and um, just saying that his disrespect should not be tolerated by the community anymore, and it created uh, basically a war in the comment section between um, my fans and kind of Mumkey's fans and um, Quentin's fans, and... It got very nasty very quickly, and um, Internet Historian reached out to me uh, kind, of, kind of as an intermediary where he said that Quentin wanted to talk, and so I got in contact with Quentin on Discord, and we agreed to um, settle this on the podcast, settle it diplomatically, where um, hopefully we can come to... A greater understanding of each other. I would like to apologize for the tweets I directed at Quentin yesterday because I feel like they were too confrontational. And even though a lot of people have construed that to me, kind of sending people after Quentin, you have to take my word that it was not my intent for that to happen. I was just very upset over the situation, and I was um, I, I just took it as a very personal insult based on just kind of my friendship with Mumkey and my anger over the situation and um I made it way too uh I could have handled that in a much better way um with that being said however there is a lot of meaning behind what I said and um there are a lot of gripes for lack of a better word that I have with Quentin that are also sort of reflected by many people in the YouTube community. So this video is going to cover basically five main points. I'm going to summarize them in a bit. And basically, we're going to discuss these points with Quentin. And we're going to try to come to a better understanding for our points of view. Um, Quentin Review, do you have an opening statement that you would like to say? Um. I don't really know. Um, I'm really anxious about this. <laughs> are you uh, Why are you apprehensive? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I've seen people. I've seen people go on podcasts where, like, uh, 
it's, they they just do really badly, even though they're trying their best. And I guess uh, these live situations kind of stress me out. But uh, well, th- this isn't live, uh, so well, it's not live. Be clear. But is this your? Or do you go on podcasts regularly? I do, and um, people who hate me tend to follow me on the podcasts. So, so you know, I've just I've kind of decided not to do podcasts anymore, and this is the exception because uh, I just wanted to I wanted to clarify my position. I guess before anything else, I wanted to say that I have a lot of people figured out that I used to be a certain way on YouTube, and now I've sort of evolved to a different person with different perspectives. And I guess I've really been pushed away from everyone the last month and a half because I haven't had anyone really try and reach out to me. Like people who have the ability to reach out to me. I haven't had that. I've had people who agree with me reach out to me and I've had people who disagree with me uh, shit talk me. <laughs> so I've been like, I th- I feel like that's pushed me away more than anything else. Uh, and I'm willing to discuss my perspective, but I feel like because a lot of the things I that people are upset at me for are tweets, and because tweets are so short in character, I feel like people often misinterpreted my intentions or even my points in general, um, and that's been kind of annoying, and I felt like I haven't had the window to discuss these grievances in any way. Um, and it's it's just... It's just always stressful when like thousands of people decide that they hate you, and that's uh... and yeah. Hopefully, that's what the point of this podcast is. That's what we hope to accomplish. We're trying to settle this diplomatically so that both sides can get a better understanding of each other. And um, I will. I have to acknowledge that no matter how hard we try, there will be haters on both sides, and. There will be people who cannot be reasoned with. Either they hate me or they hate Quentin, and that much is unsalvageable. But what has to be considered is, or at least speaking to anyone who might just hate Quentin right now, or is just jumping at the opportunity to shit talk him in the comments, um, Quentin agreed to come here onto our show, the show that previously kind of um, shit talked him, that started this whole uh, whole altercation, I guess. Um, Quentin was willing to come to a hostile environment and talk this out. And I think that alone is worthy of your respect, and you may not agree with everything Quentin has said or has done. Well, but... hold on. We need, to, we need to solidify what what the actual problem is because we as the State of the YouTube podcast are just as guilty of of instigating this type of issue and in our podcast we said some salty language uh called you some bad words and you're responding to that on twitter and that's what you're getting that's what you're getting hate for now that tweet oh the monkey tweet yeah yeah right 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 but that was that was because of we instigated that or this podcast instigated that. i mean yeah i was frustrated with because I mean, specifically Monkey. I mean, I've talked to Monkey before. I thought we were on good terms. And yet, I feel like he goes on podcasts and talks about me like I'm not real. Like I'm not a guy. And uh, I don't hate him for it. And I don't want to start anything. I just, that's been frustrating for me. And I guess the reason I felt comfortable making that tweet was A, because I didn't think that Monkey's situation was permanent. I thought he was like half a day away from getting his channel back. And B, and B, because I felt that, I felt that, his language against me 
was just as dismissive. And it should be said, um, for people that don't know this, uh, I deleted that tweet about a minute and a half after I posted it. No one called me out on it. Uh, no one said, hey, you're talking about Monkey. It was like no one even knew what I was talking about. I got it got five likes, a minute and a half, and then I was like, you know, I think this is wrong. And then I took well, it down on, I took it down on my own what. volition. People found that really quick. Uh, they screenshotted it, and, and I got that sent to me about 20 times within the course of two minutes. Well, Quinn, that's I didn't kinda... I didn't hear about it until yeah, like continue. I didn't hear about it until about twelve hours after it happened, because that I mean that was like two a.m. Um, right. But I do I did I did I feel really bad about it, and I didn't have to be told to feel bad about it. I just felt bad about it immediately. Uh, I felt like it was a very disrespectful thing, and I think I should have been more understanding of the situation, uh, especially as it later transpired that it was a lot more serious than I thought it was. All right, so I, I feel like we can agree here that Quentin regrets the comment that he made about Mumkey, and I regret my confrontational response to that. But with that being said, there are still plenty of unresolved issues. Uh, Quentin, you're getting at the idea where, at least from your end, you didn't perceive anything was wrong. But you have to trust me when I say that there is a large community of YouTubers out there who are currently scrutinizing you and with um, many of these uh, things you've done in the past two months, each of them is kind of pushing you farther away from sort of the realm of likability. So I, I guess hopefully here we can run through some of these so that you can get confronted with them directly and we can try to... Um, we can try to reach an agreement on some of these. Um, so I guess let me get into um, just let me get into one of the first gripes that I and a lot of people in the YouTube community have. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I believe you uploaded a YouTube video regarding PewDiePie versus T series, and in this video, I believe you called the whole sub to PewDiePie movement immature and you were fairly dismissive of the whole reasoning behind it. Now, this isn't the point of contention, that's simply just an opinion you presented in the video, but it was a very unpopular opinion and if I'm correct, it led that video to get a lot of hate and you decided to take down the video. Now, the point of contention that many people have with you here is that following you taking down your own video, people tried to re-upload the video and you used the DMCA system to take down those re-uploads and give them strikes. And knowing that the DMCA system is very, um, it's a very contentious issue on YouTube. Lots of YouTubers have been kind of terrorized by it. Just for example, um, I hate everything and Derek Savage and then H3 Productions and um, Matt Haas, I believe, where there was an entire court case after that. Now, not saying it's comparable to your exact situation, but what do you have to say to your defense of kind of just DMCAing um, channels for re-uploading your content? My my situation was sorry, you dropped out. I might have been talking over you. Uh, but my situation was just that, like, I, someone re-uploaded my video, and I, so, I took it down because that's what I always do. 
And I, that I feel like that's been a, a thing that a lot of YouTubers have done over the years. I mean, Filthy Frank was pretty uh, equally famous for being someone who would take down reuploads of his taking down content. Um, I didn't really realize it was that controversial that I took down a reupload of my own video. Uh, and I guess I guess I've thought about um, maybe at a time where I'm not getting a lot of heat of releasing some of those claims uh, because it was just two of them. Uh, but I, I feel like I don't want to do it in a point where like everyone's actively going after me because I don't want that to be the reason why I'm doing it. Uh, as for the whole T-Series video, I realized, here's the reason I took it down. Um, that was growing incredibly fast. It was a smart upload as a business move. And it was going to become my most viewed video. And I only, I don't really care about that whole thing. Uh, and I, I did that video kind of half caring, being like, I'll make some jokes about this, but I don't think it matters. Uh, a lot of people got mad about the situation, telling me it was a bad video because of one or two points they didn't like. And it was growing so fast, it was easily going to break a million really quickly. And I was like, I don't like the video. I want to take it down and redo it. I had this plan where I was going to redo it without talking about the drama. I was just going to explore the history of T-Series. It was, you know... I was going to do a video called, like, Quentin Reviews T-Series Movies, where I was going to, like, review their movies. Uh, I feel like that's a lot less likely to happen now that, like, people are actively mad at me because of uh, some of the jokes I made in that video. But, uh, I mean, I could re I could release those claims. I just didn't think it was controversial to take down a re-upload of my own video. I haven't taken down any people commenting on my videos or, like, reviewing my video. Because if those are fair use, um, I just really, I didn't know it was an issue until literally yesterday that people were mad at me for doing this. Okay, so, yeah, that was that was a pretty big point of contention people had with you. And I, I think it should be fairly noted that you only used the DMCA system on two occasions, you said, to, um, to take down a copy of the video. Um, I, I think a problem that a lot of YouTubers see with that is first of all, there's always the whole stigma um, attached with the DMCA system. And it, it's very easy for people to construe you taking a video or taking down videos that of a video that you deleted. It's very easy for people to construe that, that as me trying, trying to, to censor tr the community, right? You're, you're trying to silence criticism. Uh, well, I mean, that's certainly not what I was trying to do. I just felt that that's my video, and I felt that it was my right to decide when my video is out. And I thought it was my right to take down my video and, and redo it. Um, I really, like, like I've said, this has been a consistent thing. A lot of YouTubers have done this, and I'm sorry if this made people sure. upset. No, this is, this is something I've done several times. It was maybe a knee-jerk reaction, if anything, but uh, uh, you were just trying to protect you know, whatever, your intellectual property, right, rather than to well, make a political statement. I, th I think a problem a lot of people have with that, though, is that Rusty has taken down copies of his video that were already existing. Quentin took down his video, and I assume a lot of the re-uploads were for archival purposes. And I believe that is just a YouTube etiquette thing where once you take down your own video, it's sort of a green light for people to re-upload it because that's a sign that you're not willing to do it anymore the and by, effect. by doing by both taking down the video and um striking people who re-upload it 
it's very easy for people to interpret that as silencing criticism and that you have something to hide. And I feel like that's why a lot of people in the community um, were upset with this incident because they thought that you were just trying to um, run away from the situation and hide the evidence. But I, I guess from what you're saying, and if you're to be trusted, then it was apparently a misunderstanding and you did not um, understand the significance of doing what you did. Yeah, and I just want to say, like, um, people are right in criticizing me for that video and that it wasn't a good video. Like I said, I, I, I didn't care about the situation. I just wanted to make some jokes about it. And I thought some of those jokes were funny. There was one joke in particular I made, uh, which, uh, where I, uh, I, I think I compared, I compared PewDiePie to, a, like, a marathon runner who's trying to compete in just a casual jog. And I don't really feel that way about him. I just thought it was a funny joke. But, again, people... Uh, People thought I was. Uh, people took that very personally, and I was like, "That's fine. I'll just, I'll just uh, do sort of the same topic later, without being so dismissive." Because I know people seem to have this idea that I hate PewDiePie when I don't. I'm actually a big PewDiePie fan. I've criticized him online, uh, but I only criticize him because I love him. Uh, uh, you know, the other day I read. There was another controversy with him recently, and I was critical mm -hmm. of him for that. But, I mean, yesterday I read a Vox article about the situation, and I was like, what the hell are they doing with this? Uh, because the, the article was like them making, like a lot of, just them trying to find any tangential, you know, random evidence that he's, quote, alt-right. And that included, like, listing off people he follows. Right. And I was like, I was like, you know, clearly they're trying to paint an image here. But I'm critical of Felix uh, because I want him to be better and i feel like it's kind of disappointing that no one uh, online can really ever say anything critical of him without facing serious backlash from his massive fan base um would you consider yourself uh in sjw i don't think sjw's are real okay uh i think uh, how so the phrase SJW, I'm going to talk about Gamergate. This is going to turn some people away. But, I mean, if you want to talk about the, oh, okay. the term. No, no, we don't, we don't talk about well, Gamergate. We, we got to um, have to talk about Gamergate if you're going to ask me about that question. So, it, I feel like either we, to, to, to sum it up without talking about Gamergate, uh, I feel like SJW has just been like a buzzword that's been passed okay. around so much that it doesn't mean anything. Uh, particularly with, like, I think it got really bad when, like, H3 was, like, doing, like, every other video had SJW in the title. Or it's right. just like, um, I feel like SJW at one point meant something to me, and now it seems people just use it as a casual term for anyone who has left-leaning beliefs. I think a lot of people who use the term SJW have SJW traits in a way, uh, and so that's why I don't really believe in the phrase anymore. All right, Quentin. So uh, you t briefly talked about the PewDiePie thing, and we're going to get into that later. But before we get into that, I'd like to discuss... A comment you made in one of your recent videos that a lot of people have a problem with where um, you're basically uh, I believe you um, portrayed it as a joke but a lot of people cer certainly didn't interpret it that way where basically it ended up with you calling John Tron racist <laughs> now Go how, how, how would you how would you respond to that situation I mean John Tron went on a podcast and he said literal white supremacist talking points word for word. 
He said white people should be able to fight for their continued uh, demographic majority, a.k.a. supremacy, in the United States. He then went on to try and back this up by saying things like, he started trying to make these claims about black people in the United States, and he was like, like, black people commit more crimes, and that's not a systemic thing, you know, that's because that's just what they're like. And, and then he literally said at one point, like, like, the problem is, you know, once these immigrants come in, they get to the gene pool. Like, he said that sentence. Uh, and yeah, I make fun of him for that because it's, I think there's nothing, white supremacy is a joke. Uh, I think people deserve to be mocked for it. Uh, I, sh I guess I should have been more clear on my stance because a lot of people are uneducated about the situation of what he said on the podcast. Uh, but I feel like, I feel like it's hypocritical because a lot of people who attack me over making fun of JonTron for being, for saying all these things, a lot of those people are also the kinds of guys that are like making Holocaust jokes and 9-11 jokes, you know, and said suddenly like, no, white, making fun of white supremacy is off the table. And I understand that a lot of the hate has come from the fact that people, again, are not educated on the situation. They're not educated on why people are upset at him. Um, but I just feel like he deserves to be mocked for everything he's done. Well, can't you say that about uh, any point of view? I mean, you're saying that he's he should be mocked and you should take it at the type of uh, a face value that you take it at. But at any point that you make can be taken to an extreme and exemplified. I mean, JonTron didn't say something that I'm exaggerating into white, into being controversial. He literally advocated that white people need to fight to keep their demographic majority in the United States. I mean, I, I, I feel like arguing for white supremacy and like occasionally saying a left-leaning opinion, those aren't equal problems, you know what I mean? Uh, but in general, I feel like, I feel like I, I, I want to move away from talking about YouTubers almost because it's just like, it's not worth it. I mean, I made that joke and it's like almost okay. impossible for me to, for me to make everyone understand the situation without making a video about it. And I don't know if I feel like doing that. Well, I mean, a little bit, we have to talk about, uh, some, no, some no, I mean, I mean, not, maybe not directly, maybe not specifically. I mean, I don't want to go on a podcast every time I make a joke about a YouTuber to explain the joke is what I'm saying. Sure. All right. Um, I just, I just feel the need to rebut that for a little bit. Um, let me first preface this by saying that, um, I'm not arguing the issue here over whether or not JonTron said a racist thing. I'm not arguing about the semantics of it, and I'm not arguing in terms of politics. Um, but it's very clear that JonTron has apologized repeatedly for what he said on that stream. It's apparent from the times he has mentioned it since then that he regrets it deeply. So I just don't really see it as fair in a way for you to take that thing he said in the podcast that he has since disavowed. Uh, you may not believe his apology, you may not accept his apology, but um, as far as I can go, when someone says they're sorry over something and then has done seemingly everything in their power to back away from that controversy entirely, I have to believe that they truly regret it. And it's definitely a sore issue. It's definitely a black mark on his reputation for many people. 
But it's clear in recent times that he's tried to distance himself from that. And a lot of people love John Tron as an entertainer. And this was a political thing, he said, that um, at least I interpret it as completely separate from his entertainment career. And this is an issue we're going to get into later. But for for now, I just have to say that I view John Tron's entertainment and his comedy and YouTube content as separate from his political views and there's no denying that he's talented at what he does so i um i and a lot of people enjoy his content and i don't feel like enjoying his content is equatable to um yeah is it a fair thing to do with what he said in that podcast is it a fair thing to do to separate uh, a, a youtuber say a youtuber's content from their political opinions i I think a lot of people got turned away from JonTron, and there's a mass amount of people who are still upset at JonTron over this. Um, I mean, go watch. There's this really famous clip of Aaron and Danny at a convention, and someone asks, will you ever have JonTron on your show? And they make a statement that's something along the lines of, Aaron says, uh, the, it's always been somewhere in between yes and no, and Danny says, it's a little bit closer to no now. And then like the crowd erupts in this loud thunderous applause, I think it, you know, I, I understand that there are people who want to forgive JonTron. I know he has, quote, apologized, but I feel like his apologies have not been good enough to, to convince people who are actually mad at him. He also says a lot of weird, sinister shit, like, like, I'm going to let other people fight that fight. <laughs> like, that's not a sentence you should say when you've been accused of Hold on, do you, advocating. do you actually, so do you actually believe that JonTron holds white supremacist views? Of course I do. I mean, he said it. I mean, I'm sure he's backed away from it to some extent. But I mean, he has a he has a track record of this stuff that predates that debate. I mean, there of course. So without like uh, misrepresentation no. or even giving uh perhaps him any uh deniable plausibility, maybe perhaps he misspoke, perhaps uh, his uh, ideas weren't formulated or unfocused words, you would say that Jontron holds white supremacist views. I don't know what you would call it. It, when he's saying that white people need to hold their demographic majority and that he's shit-talking races separate from white people under the context of the fact that he doesn't think they should breathe into the white gene pool. I don't know what you would call that other than white supremacy. And that's my feeling. And I feel like this is not... I feel like a lot of people have turned against John Tron, and I feel like a lot of his apologies have not been done for people who are actually upset at him, uh, just for people who want to forgive him. And I, I know with some people who still like JonTron, you know, that's fine. The issue for me is not that everyone has to hate JonTron. The issue is that it's harder for me to watch JonTron myself now. And so I just wanted to, to... And I'm not telling everyone that you all have to agree with me. I'm telling you I'm disappointed in JonTron. I find it harder to watch him. And I just wanted to poke fun at him because I thought it was a situation worth poking fun at. Uh, and I don't, I don't view... I don't want to treat white supremacy like it's normal. Uh, I should say, I don't want to be like, hey, look at all these political opinions, which are all equally normal sitting at this table. Like Greg, he's a Democrat. Paul's Republican. Sarah's a Green Party. George thinks that white people need to fight to maintain the their demographic majority in the United States. I feel like those are not all equal opinions. Are people allowed to make mistakes? People are. Okay, um, hang on, Rusty. Let me let me let me respond to this, if I may. Um, so, Quentin, you keep bringing up the idea that there's a lot of people who dislike JonTron. 
And I can understand, um, it's clear that you have left-leaning beliefs. That's fair to say, correct? Yeah. All right. So um, while I I consider myself as an independent, um, I don't really see how that's quite relevant. But the point I'm trying to make is that you and I don't exactly see eye to eye politically, and that's okay. I'm very fine with people having different views than me. Now, what I'm bringing this up for is that you seem to be under the impression that there's this large swath of opposition against John Tron, and that you you may perceive that as true based on the um, people you tend to hang out with who probably share the same political views as you. But my interpretation is that for every John Tron opponent, based on what he said in that stream, there's a litany more of casual John Tron fans who only like him for the comedy. Like there's people who've been watching John Tron for many, many, many years on YouTube. And he's probably a lot of people's favorite creator. And um, even though you may believe that he has white supremacist views, it's undeniable that after that incident, he has apologized and tried to distance himself from it as much as possible, which, at least in my opinion, that makes it seem like he regrets it and he wants to move away with it and move on with his comedy videos that he's good at and that he has used to become famous. And a lot of his fans simply only want to enjoy his comedy videos. And that brings me back to the point where by just bringing it up over and over that John Tronin is a racist and reminding everyone of that stream, it really rubs people the wrong way. Um, a lot of casual viewers, they view YouTube videos as escapism. They don't want to deal with politics in their videos. And even though you may believe it's true that John Tron has white supremacist views, people don't like when their favorite YouTuber is equated to something so heinous. And I'm just trying to convey the point as to why people are so upset every time you bring up the JonTron racism controversy. I'm from a perspective that the majority of people who watch JonTron are just casual fans and they don't really care about politics. And they don't want to be reminded that this guy they admire and look up to um, has done some shady stuff or questionable stuff in the past. Yeah, I mean, I understand why people are upset, and I understand a lot of people are apolitical. I mean, I honestly didn't make that joke under the context of making people mad. Uh, it's just that I've just, I've just taken it to be such a general thing that everyone pokes fun at. Um, I do want, I do try and move away from content that, that makes people upset like that. Uh, I just don't agree with the sentiment that uh, <laughs> that, that uh, he's done anything to... Because I feel like he's just not been very specific with what how he's changed he's been very vague and he's again i feel like he's in my opinion i'm not telling you everyone they have to feel the same way he's been apologetic not under the context that he was wrong uh i mean one of his apologies literally contains the sentence i did nothing wrong uh but he's been apologetic under the con the context that uh that he he shouldn't have brought all that into it 
and uh, I can I can respect him wanting to feel that way. Uh, it's just harder for me to watch his content now. I can't really enjoy him anymore, and I wanted to make light of that in a in a little joke. I've gotten a lot of people who've actually really liked that bit. I mean, I've gotten numerous people telling me it was like regardless of their opinions, they thought it was a funny joke. Um, but I wouldn't do something like that again. I imagine. Uh, I mean, it's not the first time I've made fun of JonTron in the show. It's just the first time I've directly stated the context and what I was saying. I've previously referred to him as video game reviewer and horrible quotes factory. Um, but yeah, I, I, I understand your point. I think you do have a, a stance that, you know, people are going to be upset at me when I bring up controversial things like that. It just, uh, again, I feel like it's, I think it's hypocritical that a lot of people who make super edgy humor are suddenly like, hey you're not being very kind right now. You know what I mean? And that's my stance on the situation. What is the equation between uh, edgy humor and being kind? Oh, uh, why, why would that matter? Well, I mean, I, I think um, that people are, are saying like, uh, you know, people who are like infamous for, for like loving like Holocaust jokes or like, now hold on. Now this JonTron joke you made, it, 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 that's, you know, that's crossing a line. And I'm like, I don't really understand the point other than the fact that uh, it's a political opinion that some people don't agree with uh, of where it becomes too edgy to do. Well, it's not always political, but I mean, sometimes you can just make a joke about uh, uh, something that may not be politically correct, but it doesn't doesn't mean that you're making a political stance because you're making light of it or making a joke about it. Where do you Where do you draw the line? Okay, so here's what I think he was trying to say, and it's sort of I sort of echo this perspective as well. Um, so, Quentin, when you're making fun of John Tron directly, and when you're making fun of Monkey Jones directly, people view that as sort of a direct attack, where you kind of um, I think you kind of draw an equivalency to calling John Tron racist versus making edgy humor. Um, but I argue that most edgy humor is depersonalized, even though you're making fun of a group of people, which I believe you find to be despicable, but other people don't really have that same perspective. Uh, regardless of what your perspective is on it, um, when it's a depersonalized joke, you're not making fun of anyone in, in particular, but when you direct something like that at a specific individual, um, it, it kind of detracts from, I don't know, how do I put this? It detracts from the comedic nature of it, and people interpret it much more as an attack. And I feel like that's a lot of the reason why people resent you for the um, the JonTron comment, among other things. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I feel like a lot of people really thought that joke was funny. Uh, and I, I probably wouldn't do something like that again, uh, but I'm not going to go as far as to <laughs> apologize to JonTron. Uh, I just th I think it's it is a nuanced issue where a lot of people have different perspectives on that one, and uh, I, I understand that you guys don't think the joke is funny, uh, but I've had a lot of people be like that was a really funny joke, um, specifically YouTuber friends actually. Well, humor is subjective, isn't it? I mean, I guess so. Here's a distinction I draw in between that type of humor and something like a racist joke, just saying something, for example if Asians people are bad drivers. Um, the JonTron thing, 
it's very difficult to tell whether or not you're being serious. And from the context you provided so far in your argument, where you truly believe that John Tron has white supremacist views, by calling him a racist, you're being totally straightforward, actually, and because that's your honest thought. Whereas someone saying, um, just for example, I say all Asian people are bad drivers, um, I don't actually believe that. So the, it, its presence as a joke is more established. But with the way you put it, it seems more. It seems like you're just kind of echoing your opinion and presenting it in a joke setup. I feel like a lot of edgy humor is actually there is like a lot of people who make edgy humor because it's like nonconformist. But there have certainly been cases of people who make edgy humor because they're fluffing their own opinions to be presented in a certain way. I mean, I know you guys don't want to talk about this, but it seems like ER is a pretty clear cut and dry case of that. I don't want to attack PewDiePie. I feel like I've been in his situation before. Uh, I, I, I understand how he made the mistake, but ER is literally a channel who made anti-Semitic humor. And then when you go to his social media accounts, he literally says, you know, trying to disguise, he's disguising it as humor to like red pill people, red pill people, you know. Uh, I think there is a distinction there. Personally, I understand why people are upset. I probably wouldn't make a joke like that again. I figured that it was, wasn't going to be a controversial joke because uh, it just seems like it seems like a thing that... Uh, I mean, even JonTron's subreddit for a while was just constantly making jokes about this. Uh, and uh, I feel like a lot of the hate is coming from people who don't understand the situation. And I really don't think I'm going to move too harshly on my stance on JonTron. I just will say that I understand that people are mad I made the joke. I probably wouldn't do a joke like that again. Okay, so um, I guess that brings us to our next point, uh, point of contention with you, Quentin, where you talked about PewDiePie briefly earlier, and it seems like recently in the past couple months at least, uh, you've claimed already that you actually like PewDiePie and... Um, you're only critical of him out of a need to improve or for him to improve, I presume. But I, I just have to say that a lot of the um, a lot of the criticism you levy at him on Twitter is the um, is very similar to the um, to the opinions or I guess to the agenda sort of levied by kind of the whole news media where this is a this is a big sore issue for a lot of youtubers because they feel like the news media is heavily misrepresenting pewdiepie and by association the entire youtube community so when you go out there on twitter and sort of um kind of put forward the same points that these media publications are making uh it really makes it seem like you're taking the media side over PewDiePie, and that's one of the reasons why many people find it. All right, so um, there were three tweets I made specifically that people tend to call me out for. <clears throat> well, first of all, I want to say the media has made some good points about Felix. It's just they go overboard with it. Um, personally, I look back on the first big situation, and I'm like, they blew that out of proportion, but they had some good points. <clears throat> There are three main tweets that people are upset at me over, and I'm just, I feel like people misinterpret my tweets. I feel like um, 
feel like in the fact that they're perceiving them under the nature of these very short character little things they don't understand what i'm saying so i'm just going to explain those three tweets the first tweet was something like um people were asking me to call for the renewal of scare pewdiepie season two because the thinning two had just come out oh sorry i bumped the mic uh can you guys still hear me <laughs> Um, yes. People were uh, people were saying, Quinn, you got to call for a Scare PewDiePie season two when you review the thing two. And I was like, I feel like, I feel like those two situations aren't fully comparable um, because PewDiePie I think made a big mistake in that situation. And I'm not attacking him. I'm just saying he made a mistake with how he presented himself. In that, in that, I feel like if he had done what Logan Paul did, he would probably be in a better seat with YouTube because um, Logan Paul messed up. And then he, like, immediately stopped and did the apology circuit and said, I'm not going to do that again. PewDiePie, um, he sort of apologized, but he also had this narrative of, like, people who are coming after me are just trying to deplatform me. You know, nice try. Try again. And then a good five months later, he did something again that was kind of similar. And, um, and in my eyes, you know, when he said the N-word in a stream, just, like, not really in a joking term, just calling someone the N-word, in my eyes, I think, if he had actually just flat out apologized the first time, and he had never done something like that again, he probably would have earned back YouTube's good side. But because he sort of refused to apologize, and then he did something even more controversial a few months later, that says to YouTube, like, like well, you know, at one point is YouTube going to be like, man, we really regret not associating ourselves with him anymore. Um, All right, now... You can continue. Um, do you want me to go? I, I could go through the next two tweets, I guess. Um, well, I don't know. I, I feel like repeating the tweets would be kind of redundant because we've kind of established the whole thematic clash here. Um, if I rebut this, or if I may rebut this. Um, so from what you've argued, it seems like you're coming from the perspective that if PewDiePie had simply apologized then the media would have relented and you're coming from the perspective i at least i presume that the media is just in terms of how they present youtubers but the problem with that is i, I don't really buy it at all i feel like um in pewdiepie's situation he needed to remain strong because what he did got taken incredibly out of context and was marked as much more severe than it was. And in his case, he needed to maintain leverage over the media so that um, the scenario I envision is sort of a slippery slope where when you balk and apologize to the media over something that he believes he did nothing wrong for, then it sets a precedent where as soon as anyone in the media attacks him for anything, then he's going to be obligated to reply to it. Otherwise, he'll look like a hypocrite. So if I'm coming from PewDiePie's case and all these publications are writing about me and they're blaming me for the demonetization of every YouTube channel for just an edgy joke at a time when YouTube was incredibly edgy, it seems like it was taken way too far out of context, blown way out of proportion. And if I'm PewDiePie, I don't want to give the media that power over me. Why would I apologize for something where I know I'm in the right and give the media 
the leverage to um to attack me whenever they want and basically force me to apologize over and over again. Now, obviously, I'm coming from a perspective that much of the media, that at least how they present YouTube, is corrupt and they don't research things correctly and they take things out of context and they're heavily agenda-setting and cherry-picking whatever detail they can to paint a picture of someone that's simply not true. So... Uh, how would you respond to that, I guess? Eh, I mean, it's just, uh, I feel like um, people have equally taken some of these articles out of context. I feel like a lot of them I don't agree with. Some of them make some semi-alright points. I think specifically, like a lot of people just said, uh, a lot of these articles just say things like, uh, like uh, you know, the Holocaust should not be introduced to children as like this in this under the same context that they would understand like a Fortnite meme. Uh, I do agree that they go after him a little too harshly, but I think it's equally bad for people to assume that no one is ever allowed to criticize Felix because the mainstream media criticizes Felix. And I feel like the fact that people have been so unwilling to do this is one of the reasons he keeps making some of these mistakes. I mean, God forbid, you know, when he when this controversy happened, uh, Jack Septicai, Markiplier, uh, Casey Neistat, they came out with videos saying, you know, we don't approve of some of the things he did. We feel like he could have been smarter. We feel like there are good points being made against him. And people just turned on those people. They just, you know, they called him backstabbers. You know, they said, how dare you ever say anything critical of Felix? And under that context, I feel like it's not surprising that he has continued to make some of the same mistakes. Uh, I just think it's strawmanning the perspective to say to that, because the mainstream media has done a poor job of covering YouTubers, that any criticism they have, or that any criticism that people have of Felix, has to be incorrect immediately. Uh, and like I said, I don't agree with like I don't agree with like some of the articles I've read in the past few days about Felix. Certainly, it seems like because of this latest controversy, people are trying to, like the media is trying to connect things that are not deserving to be connected. Um, I just feel like he has made mistakes, and it's equally problematic that like. You know, a couple days ago, this guy, one of this guy in the Young Turks, he just did a video saying like, you know, look, Felix shouted out this guy who's uh, anti-Semitic, and he didn't realize it, and that's a problem. And you know, Felix said, yeah, I made a mistake there, and yet people still like harass this guy because just because he criticized PewDiePie, and PewDiePie is their, you know, undisputable champion who can never be wrong. I think that's equally a problem on YouTube, that just no one is allowed to disagree on this on, with him on anything. So you seem to believe the perspective that PewDiePie is vastly overrated by the YouTube community and that what? a lot of people overlook his flaws. Uh, I mean, overrated is certainly not the word I would use. I mean, I watched this guy for okay, years. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's a poor word <clears throat> choice, but you seem to believe, you definitely seem to believe that a large part of the community turns a blind eye to his flaws. I mean, I just now, feel like there's always this test you got to do. <clears throat> and the test is like, if the... If you take something that a YouTuber does and you say, if this had been done by someone hated by the community, how much would everyone care? You know? And that's my stance. Like, if Logan Paul had shouted out an anti-Semitic channel, how much would everyone care? You know? That's really the stance I take, that I feel like he does make mistakes and we should be allowed to point out his mistakes without everyone turning on whoever does it. Now, I'm someone who's admitted before that PewDiePie has flaws. And he has okay. made mistakes. But I feel like you're kind of, I'm from a perspective that the news media online 
has basically a smear campaign against PewDiePie, where even though you seem to qualify that by saying that they're they're pointing out just true things that he did, they're pointing out actual flaws that he has committed, but just from what I see um, and what the media chooses to report on on YouTube and what they choose to ignore, I feel like PewDiePie and a lot of his supporters are just under attack. And I, I don't blame them at all. Just the other day, um, Joe Bernstein from BuzzFeed tried to make up this completely absurd and deceptive story where PewDiePie is laughing at someone in a video game with a um, an anti-Semitic username when immediately just looking at the video in context, PewDiePie is actually laughing at a moment that occurs in the game where someone just randomly gets shot in the head. But it's very obvious that many of these journalists, um, they have an agenda or something. They have something out for PewDiePie where they are trying to gather together whatever they can to take him out. And whenever he does a minor infraction, um, they're always there to jump on that. And when he does something positive, like I always go back to at the beginning of this month, he raised $200,000 for kids in India. And that, st that story was hardly reported by any publication. So I agree. Uh, I wouldn't say agree. Um, I understand where you're coming from by saying that the media could be justified because they actually are reporting on PewDiePie's flaws. But to say that it's fair reporting based on the information they leave out and based on the numerous cases of poor, sloppy reporting and deceptive reporting, in the case of Joe Bernstein, um, I don't blame people at all for believing that there is a smear campaign against PewDiePie. And of course, if you're a PewDiePie supporter, how are you going to react when every PewDiePie gets criticized? And it's very obvious that the media has it out for him. You become very defensive and... It, I can understand why these people are, are so skeptical to criticism of PewDiePie. Now, does it go too far? Uh, that's a different story. I definitely think that people are really willing to overlook some stuff PewDiePie did, but that's all part of this defensive nature that has kind of been forced out of them because every time PewDiePie has even a slight infraction, it gets wide news coverage. I just feel like I'm not saying a lot of things you're saying that I'm saying. I don't I don't necessarily agree with every mainstream media article and I haven't even like I don't think I've even like shared any specific articles. I I just think that I just think that for instance it should not be controversial to say like Felix fucked up in the in the situation where he made an internet meme for children that involved the phrase death to all Jews. I don't think it should be controversial to say like that was a screw up. Um, and I, I just think it's weird that people are roping me into the mainstream media just because I, I think that something like that is in bad form. Um, I don't, I don't like a lot of the articles I read about them. I think a lot of these go too far. <clears throat> uh, I don't really know what else to say. Uh, I just, uh, I, I just, I, I just think he's made some mistakes and it's right for people to call him out. Uh, and that's my, that's my stance. Okay. I mean, it's not right for all of the everything that the mainstream media does or says about him. 
I'm saying that people should be allowed to criticize him without, like, these attack mobs going to defend him by ruining their lives. I mean, I'm not saying they ruined my life. I'm just saying, like, some of the, you know, I feel bad for the guy that reported on the ER thing. Okay, so, I mean, we've, we've all made some pretty prominent points here, uh, especially we've been going on about the PewDiePie thing for a while. Um, is there anything else that we that we would like to discuss or, or any more points we need to touch on? I mean, I just want to clarify, I'm not defending, I'm not saying that the Thinning 2 should have come back. I mean, I was actually planning on making, like, a documentary about it. I was very much hoping it would not come out. And when it came out, you know, it was, like, a really bad movie. I think I said in my review, uh... When the Thinning Two came out, it, be it went from being a fascinating piece of lost media to being a bad movie you don't need to see. Uh, I don't agree with YouTube uh, uh, releasing that. I certainly hope YouTube never works with Logan Paul again because I think he's a very despicable fellow. I think he, I think he's messed up, and I think now that it's open that he does all these bad things, I think YouTube should never work with them again. Which is why I directly stated in that review, I think they should make a third one without him. Uh, so I don't want people to misinterpret that I'm like a, a Logan Paul stan just because I, I you know I said that just because this movie came out that doesn't mean that, that it would make sense for YouTube to do the other thing, uh, uh, and that it's, it's certainly that's like that's the that's one of the big criticisms I see of people people who memorize faults about me and then restate them online is that uh, Quinn said that he likes Logan Paul more than PewDiePie. That's not what I was going for, and again, I feel like I feel like this is a case where because it was a tweet or so few characters, people just didn't understand my point. Uh, I think my point is just that, like, I think it makes sense for YouTube to be wary of associating themselves with Felix, um, even if I don't think he's a bad guy. I think it's like it's all you know. I feel like there's not been a lot of points where where it's been a bad business mood move for them to have done that. Um, and but I don't want people to think I like Logan Paul because I don't. All right, so. Uh, here's the part I'm confused about. Hang on okay. a second. Um, Go on. So you don't think Pew you don't think that YouTube should associate with PewDiePie, even though you believe that he's mostly innocent. Although he's made mistakes, he he is not a um, inherently racist person. Which is oh, what... he's not racist. It's here's the thing. It's what it is. Is that um, it seems like every, you know, uh, it's the it's the gap between. Uh, the first controversy and the second controversy. When the second controversy happened, it's hard for me to imagine YouTube being like, woo! Uh, you know, it's hard for me to imagine anything with them being like, we dodged a bullet there because we'd have to talk about this again. Um, yeah, I think Felix just makes enough mistakes that it's hard for YouTube to turn around and be like, and like, you know, hold his hand in the air and be like, this is, uh, you know, this is our guy. Our guy. That's like, that's a 4chan thing. Uh, I think it makes sense for YouTube not to want to associate with him, is what I'm saying, just because he has made these mistakes. Uh, so, you seem to be under the impression that PewDiePie frequently makes mistakes, like he's some sort of clumsy guy. And I will admit that there's a few things he's done that are kind of inexcusable, but I would actually argue that many of these controversies stormed up in the last year are done they would be completely innocuous things if it weren't for the media firestorm and i'm arguing that the scrutiny of the media has altered our perceptions of pewdiepie's competency as um making it appear worse than it is because quentin what what would it be like if every time you got into a minor skirmish on youtube instead of just some commentary youtuber making a video about you you it was reported on by pretty much every 
media company in the uh, on the internet and people would think that you're one of the worst YouTubers on the platform and I'm not excusing PewDiePie's flaws by any means but at the same time you have to realize that the media reports on PewDiePie and scrutinizes PewDiePie way more heavily than anything else so it could easily give the impression that he is worse of a person than he is. I mean, I'm, I'm not standing by, I'm not disagreeing with you there. I'm just saying, that, like, I feel like if you t if PewDiePie had made the first controversy and then he had not fallen into that same hole, you know, what he's done, I think he's done similar things, like, at least twice after that. You know, I'm not saying that everything, everything that gets reported on is bad. But I think from a practically a business perspective, it's hard for YouTube to be like, and now we're going to start associating with him again, you know, uh, because they themselves are trying to avoid like another adpocalypse to, to face. They're trying to avoid facing more scrutiny like that. Um, and I uh, like I and I don't agree with a lot of the mainstream media's reporting. And uh, there was some other point you, you brought up in there that I uh, can't remember what it was, but I, uh, I wanted to clarify my position on that. But I can't remember what it was. Uh, I, I'm just now remembering that there's going to be a lot of people watching this and people are going to hate me more <laughs> uh, because of this, but whatever. Uh, what are you worried about them hating you for? I mean, I just feel like a lot of people uh, misconstrue points. Uh, and I know that and people misconstrue points that PewDiePie has made. I feel like there's been a lot of ridiculous stuff in the mainstream media. Uh, I've, but I feel like like people are so easy. There is, like, like I said, you know, people have trouble criticizing Felix by any means without facing, like, massive harassment, uh, just because they didn't stand by him at all times, uh, and I think that's a little ridiculous, to be honest. Uh, I don't hate Felix. I've, I, I criticize him because I feel like those are points to, worth criticizing him for. Uh, if the mainstream media shares some of the points that I make, I think literally, literally it was just that first tweet. Out of the three tweets I did, uh, it was just the first one where I stood, where I agreed with anything the mainstream media had said. I've not seen the mainstream media uh, criticizing him for the other tweets. And the third tweet was not me making a statement. It was just me. It was just a, it was just a gif of someone looking exhausted. <laughs> you know. I'm I'm actually going to use this to segue into our next point, which is kind of also about PewDiePie, but also about a greater thematic issue if you will okay now so this was actually the tweet that we talked about on the um the original state of the youtube episode that kind of started this whole controversy between us to begin with where you criticized pewdiepie for um having ben shapiro on the meme review even though the segment was completely presented as comedy and it clearly wasn't an endorsement of Ben's politics, which you appear to vehemently disagree with. You still seem to interpret the fact that PewDiePie was sharing his platform with Ben Shapiro and therefore he was endorsing Ben Shapiro's political views. And I think that's... Um... That's not my stance. Um, so my stance is that the reason that people like Ben Shapiro want to go on these shows instead of going to the mainstream media, is that they undeniably grow um, because of doing things like that. I think Ben Shapiro undeniably grew because of that segment. I think he definitely gained more of an audience because of that. Iamadu was non-political. political, 
because Ben Shapiro is an inherently political person, I think when you have him on your show to hang out without addressing, like, who he is and that you basically show him off to your audience, I just don't like that. The funny thing is, I don't care about this to the extent that I would still be talking about this today if I hadn't made that tweet. The only reason I still have to talk about this is, uh, <laughs> is because, like, no one's ever forgotten the fact that I said this. Uh, my stance is not that Felix is endorsing what Ben Shapiro did. My stance is that Ben Shapiro grew as a reaction to this that that I don't agree with, that I think a lot of his stuff is really awful and that I don't think the biggest per, the person on YouTube, the person on the internet with arguably a platform bigger than anyone else, I don't think he should be having people like Ben Shapiro on his show without like expecting, I think there should be some expectation of like acknowledgement over, you know, elements of this person. I will. I think I would. Why not, is that? Why? 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 Uh, what is your grievance with uh, Ben Shapiro? Ben Shapiro. Um, he has had a lot of controversial moments. There was, uh, for instance, an instance where he said like a very racist thing about Native Americans. Um, but the big thing he's infamous for is he has this anti-trans rhetoric that he spreads around. And I cannot stand transphobia. It's one, you know, uh, you could say that it's not something I'm tolerant of. I'm very pro-LGBT, and I, I really am annoyed by this, you know, this rhetoric he throws around. There's this stance he says where it's like, The reason I don't like trans people is I like science. And it's like, when has Ben Shapiro been pro-science? He's anti-global warming. He's super religious. He just, it, it's, he's discussing a social issue and pitching it in a certain way. I don't mind them making a video together as long as I think that I think that he I mean I know that people are going to get mad about this but I feel like as Ben Shapiro is a person who exists entirely as a political figure who is controversial for the things he spreads to his audience his audience who are often especially young I feel like PewDiePie either should have con like I would have been fine if like I know PewDiePie wouldn't do this I'm not saying PewDiePie has to do this but I feel like you know, I wouldn't have minded, like, just a discussion of Ben's ideas. I feel like that it's, giving Ben Shapiro a platform is not a problem. Giving Ben Shapiro a platform and then just ignoring why he's controversial is a problem. Um, because you're at, you, you are advertising this guy to your audience under this context. You know, it's bouncy castle culture. It's, uh, it's uh, sure, it's controversial outside of this bouncy castle, but in this bouncy castle, hey... He's a real fun guy when he's in this bouncy castle. I specifically the fact that that it was a collaboration um, that ignored Ben Shapiro's controversial beliefs. Uh, I, I just don't like that. And again, this is not a th this is not a thing that I would have like if I hadn't if the if it wasn't for the fact that this had been the day before, I wouldn't have talked about this. You know, I just want to say that. So uh, the fact that it's a very old story I'm talking about is just because people are still you know upset at me for saying this. Go on. But, okay, so if I'm hearing you correctly, you're actually saying that PewDiePie would have, it would have been better if PewDiePie had done a political video with Ben Shapiro as opposed to just not addressing politics at all. I don't really see the logic here with how that would, how that would be better at preventing Ben Shapiro's platform from growing. Um, a political video versus a non-political video um, because wouldn't the politics make people more interested in Ben Shapiro's 
politics as opposed to just having Ben be a meme where it's, he's kind of just compartmentalized into just kind of a stupid political figure? Uh, I mean, I just feel like it's really dumb to... I, I, I just don't agree with him uh, presenting this figure to his audience without, like, discussing why this figure is extremely controversial. Um, and that's just... That's certainly the feeling I had at the time. Now I don't feel like... Uh, now I don't feel like it's something... I'm not going to, like, harp on PewDiePie for this today. But that was certainly my feeling at the time. Uh, go on. I just feel like... Uh, it's hard to explain. I mean, I just... I, I strongly feel that Ben Shapiro uses his platform to spread very hateful ideas. I don't see transphobia as a political belief. I see it as a form of hatred. And if PewDiePie is going to introduce his audience to this guy and just, like, you know, show it, like, have fun with his audience and this guy, I feel like a discussion of who this guy is is warranted. And, um, like I said, this is old news, but, I mean, that's just how I feel. Well, um, I personally don't believe that if you're hypothetical, in your hypothetical situation where PewDiePie puts a disclaimer saying, Warning, the guy I'm about to bring on my show may be transphobic. I, I don't see how that could possibly produce less controversy and make Ben Shapiro more of a non-issue as opposed to just doing what PewDiePie did where they don't mention politics at all and it's an apolitical video. But, but when you put that disclaimer here, when you put that disclaimer in the video, you instantly create questions in the audience and you create a massive controversy and I just don't really follow what you're saying with how addressing the politics of Ben Shapiro at all could somehow lead to a reduction in his platform as opposed to just treating him as an apolitical character. I mean, I'm not, I'm not literally advocating that it needed to be a political video. I'm just saying that it was, it was a dumb move uh, on Felix's part. I just don't agree with having him on the show and not addressing his controversy, but that doesn't mean I like. I think it should have been non-political video. I mean, I just, I mean, I certainly don't think Felix is the kind of person to do a political video. Um, but but that's the thing, though. It was not a political video. It was a meme video. And even though yeah, Ben no, Shapiro I, is a political figure, that. the context of the video was completely non-political. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Uh, but I'm saying that it's. I think I think it's bad that that PewDiePie's often young fan base. Uh, discovered Ben Shapiro under this context of him being like a, a funny meme man to follow on Twitter. <laughs> um, it's just something that I don't personally approve of. I don't think that I would have a political figure, figure who's extremely controversial on my show without expecting them to address the reason that they're controversial. I think that's, I think that's a, a, a pretty fair... I mean, the, the last point that you just made is pretty fair. He should at least address it to a degree, and I could be unfamiliar with this. But um, are, are where are we going with this? Are we going to continue talking about PewDiePie for the next hour or so, or uh, do we have any more points? Is there is there something that's not cleared up about you, Quentin, that you would like to say, or even Emperor Lemon, something that you would like to ask Quentin? I, I just feel like um, Quentin is putting a lot of pressure and a lot of scrutiny on this situation because he agree disagrees with Ben Shapiro politically. Now, I'm not going to 
announce my personal stance on Ben Shapiro, but it's very clear that Quentin vehemently disagrees with a lot of what Ben Shapiro has to say. But by that same token, a lot of people agree with Ben Shapiro. A lot of people respect what he has to say. And alternatively, they really dislike a political figure, like just for an example, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So would you be fine with PewDiePie putting Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on his show to just do the same thing? You do the same thing, but you replace PewDiePie with AOC. I don't know who that is. Um, all right, well, just hey, Hillary Clinton, for an example. I feel like if I said one of the names, the entire comment section would become about that person. Yeah, maybe. Um, so I'm not going to say, I mean, I'm going to say a name. You probably want to censor it. So, like, uh, are you thinking, like, Anita Zarkeesian here? Sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, fine. Right. If, if uh, Felix had Anita Sarkeesian on the show and gave her the time of day uh, the same way that maybe some uh, mainstream talk shows have in the past, it, should that be held up to the same scrutiny? Um, I mean, I certainly feel like the right-leaning audience would be just as upset as I was when I made that tweet two months ago. It seems like, Quentin, that you, you very strongly hold values that oppose bigotry and oppose in this case transphobia so you're willing to um put that sort of above the entertainment aspect of whatever pewdiepie is trying to create um i'm just being wary of how these things are spread and i think and i i think that it's undeniable that a lot of pewdiepie fans became ben shapiro fans because he was on the show and i'm just not fond of that idea you have to realize, though, that there's a lot of people who kind of don't have those values as highly as you. And that doesn't make them racist when you don't think that transphobia is that big of a problem. It's just that other people other people have um, different agendas. For example, there's a lot of people in America that really want to keep their guns, and that's a huge issue for them. So would it be equally as bad if... PewDiePie had David Hogg on his show, would that be, and I, I know you, it, it's just saying that you don't disagree with, or you don't agree with the political stance, but just in a vacuum, the principle of it, would that still be um, be a poor thing for PewDiePie to do? A gun isn't a kind of person, though. I mean, I'm very pro-LGBT, and I think that you should be. Uh, right, but lots of people have different values. And, values, and they're, in, yeah. In their, in their opinion, the right to self-defense is more important than the right of um, the right not to mock someone for their for their gender. I, I'm none of us here understand. agree with that. I, I don't really think. do not. I don't. I don't really understand what you're saying at all. Some people have different values than other that would lead them to the, to the conclusion that. They would care far more about, say, their Second Amendment rights than protecting the rights of an oppressed trans person, for example. Now, you may not personally agree with that, and I don't know if anyone here personally now, really, agrees I'm with that. I'm not really but sure what you're saying. You're, you're, I'm not. You're, I don't understand your point. Uh, you're equating uh, the Second Amendment rights to. Uh, no, I'm just saying in terms of a value people? system. In terms okay. of a value system, some people have different values than Quentin. So, uh, I the the big. The big overarching thing I'm trying to say with all this is why should PewDiePie feel obligated to accommodate your value system over that of another person? Let me let me shift that to something that 
Quentin said that we kind of didn't elaborate on where if, for example, Hillary Clinton or Obama was on the meme review, then Quentin said that Republicans would probably be upset and want a disclaimer or something. But does that make them justified is what I'm trying to ask. If it's in if the ball's in the other court, is it still justified? I mean, I guess to give my honest opinion, I don't think there's equal weight between having a political opinion that stands against a certain kind of person who is marginalized and having a political opinion, which I don't know, like what, what would you say is disagreeable on the left? Uh, healthcare? I guess. I don't but, think those are one to one. But that's that's not an objective thing, though. That's something based on your value system that other people might interpret differently. Here, I'll I give don't you think an I should. Here. I don't think I should tiptoe toe around offending people who aren't pro LGBT. Yeah, we're kind of getting into some like real uh, specifics of politics here. That I, I mean, this conversation could go on forever if you guys are just trying to convince each other on every small part. I, I'm just try, I'm just trying to get um, a better understanding here of why it's wrong to have someone like Ben Shapiro on the meme review. But if you flip it and have a left leaning person on there, why that suddenly becomes okay and doesn't have the same principle. I mean, here's my stance, all right? The biggest group of people who are convinced of pro of anti-trans rhetoric are people who are in like middle school, high school, because they don't really know any trans people. They go to, they literally live in a little, you know, cause I mean, most high schoolers do not transition their genders. So, I mean, when you spread to them, like, misinformation about the community or, like, hatred about trans people, uh, I mean, you're giving them information which is actually probably going to impact them uh, because they don't, they are entirely misinformed about these people in these communities. And because PewDiePie's audience, there's so many of them who are young. I'm not saying all of them are young, but I'm saying there's so many of them are young. I'm just worried about uh, those people being directed to Ben Shapiro's platform where he is going to be spreading this misinformation. Um, and I just don't think there's a lot of one-to-one -one comparisons. Uh, I mean, it's not even everyone on the right. I mean, I wouldn't say there's a lot of people on the right who are like that. Um, it's just specifically, I don't like transphobic rhetoric. Okay, so um, I, I guess with that being said, we can kind of get into my final point here. Which you already is, said your final point. How many final points do you have? That wasn't my final point. That was, no, this is all leading up to kind of the big deal at the end of the video. Is uh, it that you're going to tell so, me to be less political in my videos? What I'm saying, Quentin, is that you seem to be very passionate about your political views. And a lot of problems people have with you come from the simple idea that you put your political views ahead of your sort of obligations to the YouTube community. And I'm just saying that the majority of people aren't really as politically minded or politically interested as you, and they can find that off-putting. What are my obligations to the YouTube community? Well, speaking from a communitarian perspective, um, there's a certain level of respect that YouTubers like to maintain among each other there's a certain amount of etiquette and i mean i don't know doesn't it seem equally like it's just whatever youtubers that the community personally likes 
I mean, if I was criticizing, like I said, if I was criticizing Logan Paul for some of the things, same things that I've criticized PewDiePie for, I don't think I'd be getting such harsh backlash. Well, the thing is, Quentin, you started off this um, this interview by stating that you're fearful that you're kind of drifting away from the realm of likability for many people. And I'm I didn't say that, that. I said I've been pushed away from the community of people who have pushed me away. I didn't well, say I'm afraid okay, of so, so regardless, your point is that you've, you're starting to feel a disconnect between you and sort of the YouTube community. And I'm trying to explain that this is largely due to the fact that you seem to put your political allegiance and your political beliefs as a higher priority than sort of um, maintaining community rapport. You're willing to um, just openly call JonTron racist and criticize PewDiePie. And those aren't critiques of you. Those are just facts that you've presented. And you're, it's clear just from your actions that you're more willing to be politically outspoken than to kind of maintain resolve among YouTubers and worry about what one person's fan base is going to say about you. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying that when, when you do this and when you sort of interject politics into many of these things, you turn a lot of people away who don't view politics as strongly and they simply want to go on YouTube for entertainment. Yeah, I mean, and that, I think that's fair. Um, uh, I certainly feel like when I had politics that were more in line with the supposedly apolitical parts of YouTube, and I put those in my videos. I didn't think I faced any backlash whatsoever. Um, but I certainly feel like I just don't like... I don't like doing content that is that garners this kind of attention, and I want to move away for, from it. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to resign and say, like... that say that I... say that I was wrong on any of these stances, because I don't think, feel like I was. I mean, except for... The one for the, the exception is the monkey thing, and I... I like I said, like I didn't need to be told that was wrong. I I took that down pretty quickly, uh, and I do want to apologize to him because he's been having a really rough time. I know he's been in with some other stuff, and the, this channel thing is really horrible. Um, because uh, he certainly uh, certainly it seems like YouTube's going after him. That's the one. That's I think the one thing where like I I seriously messed up there, and I I do want to apologize to everyone for that. All right, and that's fair. And sure, you oh. can take aside personal grievance to see uh that that. Even the situation, whether you agree with this channel or not, it's affecting, it's going to affect all of us one way or the other. Yeah, um, I certainly think YouTube is just freaking out right now because of, uh, because of this latest story. And I, th I think they've stepped over a boundary here. And with that being said, Quentin, this is why I feel like a lot of us, and you in particular, we kind of have to put our... YouTube community, I, I don't know if obligations is the right word, but there's a sense that we kind of have to stick together because YouTubers are now being threatened by what happened to Mumkey. That's the precedent that has been set going forward. And political views aside, we kind of have to um, stick together more as a YouTube community. And that's kind of just the outcome I've been trying okay. to produce with this discussion. I really understand your point, but other than the tweet I made, which was really insensitive and wrong, I don't understand how most of these are, are affect that stance. Other than the fact we, that people... We've, we've kind of all explained all of this at this point.
Is there, I mean, what, what are we just going down the same rabbit hole, but, uh, what are we missing here? What, what points are missing? I guess I'm just saying that to conclude here, um, putting politics in everything. I, I didn't bring this up earlier, but just using it, using it as an example in your thinning review, you just go on a two minute rant about Donald Trump for, I mean, for, for no one, reason. let me explain to this. Okay. For one, the reason I mentioned Donald Trump in that review is because I was making fun of the movie for being a bad Trump film. And then, I mean, my audience has tended to want me to be honest with them. And I didn't want people thinking that I was a Trump supporter. So I was just like, I'll just say, you know, Hey guys, so I don't like Trump. And then I just figured people like it when I explain my positions. And I so I went on like a literally a 40 second thing where I just explain my position on Trump. Uh, and like, again, like I wouldn't I wouldn't do that again. I mean, I've listened to people. People said, hey, we don't want you to do that. And I said, all right. Um, uh, but I mean, I mean, I think like that was just a, a part of the review. I mean, if you go back to like my Fairly Odd Parents review, it's much worse. I make Trump jokes literally like every other minute. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think you're really um, underrepresenting the portion of your audience who's just a casual video and they're just watching you for your YouTube content and not. No, for your I mean I completely understand. I completely understand the perspective of those people, and those people have spoke have reached out to me, and I'm I'm like, yeah, I understand. I'll I'll try not to be that overt with my perspective on topics like that. Uh, that doesn't mean I immediately respect all these people who are uh, trying to attack me as a person. Uh, I think a criticism of my content is entirely justified, and I, I think I was somewhat in the wrong on that stance. Uh, or just in how I presented it. I feel like I should have been a lot more light uh, with that moment. Um, and I, I am going to try and be less political. I frankly would very much like to not do Fallen Titans, because there's no way for it to not piss someone off. Uh, I mean, even with the John Tron thing aside, a lot of angry video game nerds were fans were mad at me. I just don't like doing that series anymore. Uh, I completely hear your point that I should try and be less political in my videos and that maybe I should just not tweet political things. Uh, I, I just feel like I'm and I feel like that's just for the sake of my audience who doesn't who are apolitical and don't want to hear about this. Uh, on an equal stance, it is frustrating to see a lot of community members who are extremely political, and they're just on the other side of the spectrum, and they're not getting any f equal flack for it. But I've, I've heard people, and I'm going to try and and be be less overt with this stuff. All right, and I think that's fair. I guess in summary, I'd like to say that um, politics are divisive. The last two years in American society and all across the world has taught us anything is that. Uh, people really disagree politically and it doesn't matter how right you think you are. There's always going to be a sizable opposition to you. And by bringing up anything political, it sort of becomes a wedge issue. But what's not a wedge issue and what unifies all of us is that we all make YouTube content and we enjoy entertaining people. And I think that's the whole point of YouTube. And that's why, um, we need to uh, sort of unify more and put our political differences aside and try to stick by each other and combat threats such as what's happened to Mumpke and what we're all kind of risk at risk of happening. Because if it can happen to Mumpke, it can basically happen to any of us. And speaking strictly as a YouTuber, um, we need to look out for each other as YouTubers.